Hello and welcome to season two of Anime Attaché. We are a part of the Fundamentals Network and this is an introduction show to like everything anime. And I know that sounds like a lot and we cannot live up to that standard, but I can make the bold assumption <laughs> that this is a show about everything anime. Every single thing. Absolutely. We are discussing, watching, and analyzing uh, Cowboy Bebop, which has been an absolute delight. I am your host and or sensei, B Zelda, they, them. And uh, let us go through this. Uh, we've got a full class today. For some reason, mm-hmm, I've just, mm-hmm. I feel like class has been missing somebody. So yeah. we're going to try and find out what to do about that. And the solution has been to put another body in the uh, metaphorical seat in this classroom that I instruct. Uh, so let's start We brought off. in an exchange student. There, I love that. <laughs> I love that. So your chair is a little bit like shorter than everybody else's. Uh, wobbles <laughs> a little bit. Um, but with that being said, why don't we find out who you are? Chris, how are you doing today? Oh, uh, you know, I'm fine. Uh, I wasn't going to say anything about the chair, but (laughs) since you brought it up, if I'm allowed to leave feedback, uh, I would say not bad chairs for your guest. I'm just kidding. Um, That didn't make you feel welcome. We'll have have like one of those professor review forms that you can fill out after, after your audit of the class is done. And you just turn that right into the trash can. Oh yeah. There's like a, um, a little like slot, but then that box is just on top of the garbage can. Yeah. If you hear if you hear grinding, it's just a coincidence. It's nothing. Yep. Yep. Okay. So four <laughs> out of ten would recommend. Um, <laughs> wow. They did at least have a chair for me this time. Um, anyway, so I'm Chris. She they pronouns. I am so excited to be here. Um, uh, Cowboy Bebop is one of my absolute all time favorites. So uh, I am super stoked uh, to watch Stephen and Kelsey. Uh, experience this this is gonna be a, a real treat awesome it's been a, a really good like up and down roller coaster for the reactions and love towards this show but with that being said um our two regular attendees in this class steven and kelsey how are you awesome hey i'm kelsey she her uh doing good excited to have a new person in class feeling a little nervous because of social anxiety you know meeting new people is always hard but um, I think we're going to be able to get through it. And <laughs> Just kidding. I'm so excited, Chris, that you're here. I did fall asleep very briefly during this episode. So the recap might be a little hectic today, but um, <laughs> we were watching it late last night. Uh, and I'm Stephen, he, him. And yeah, what Kelsey said. <laughs> cool. Perfect. Fabulous. Adding a lot of value there. Thank you. That's that's what I'm here for. Is I'm here for the added value for you are and you do it well. Insight for um, discussion. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yep, lots of that. Mm -hmm. Mustaches. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'd get that. You are the only one who has a mustache at this moment. You're definitely leading the league so far in mustaches. Mm -hmm. Just because you're the only one in the race doesn't mean anything. (laughs) 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 So today we are talking about episode eight of Cowboy Bebop. Waltz for Venus. Um, no, I do want to quickly address the titles for this show because I feel like it was pointed out to us um, on Twitter by uh, what is his Twitter handle? Is it? Um, I don't have Twitter on my phone. We're prepared. We're prepared. It's okay. I really wasn't either. Clearly. Uh, oh, it's just Norman Lambert forty-five. Yes. Um, commented that like I don't know what were we reading into the 
titles. Did we think? I don't think. I don't think. I think we, we were, were trying just to use about, them more literally. Well, and so the episode five was like, shoot, that's the big episode. I can't remember what it's called, but it was. This is Waltz for Venus, and it was something ballad of oh, something. Yeah. And so I had the theory that maybe like the big episodes were like, like that kind of structure. And then and then Norman was just like, yeah, no, all all the episode titles have to do with music. And we were like, oh yeah, we totally we noticed knew that we noticed like that, that makes sense. But we just didn't <laughs> click with it. Um, episode five was ballad of fallen angels. Yeah, and so. Uh, my prediction was that this episode was going to be something like intense like that one. And as you'll see in our discussion, I was obviously very right. <clears throat> uh, completely. What was that noise, Chris? I choked on uh, <laughs> just agreeing with you uh, in, <laughs> in, in, my, in my soul. I just was like, oh, I feel that so much. And that's what that sounds like. <laughs> oh, I love it. All right, so let's jump right into the recap then so we can kind of find out what happened in this episode. Uh, Kelsey, can you give us your best, your best? I'm ready. I'm ready. I did take notes. Okay. Okay. So we start on like, it's a spaceship, but the inside definitely looks like an airplane. It's like a passenger spaceship to Venus. And there's like a lady on the overhead basically saying like, lots of people are allergic to Venus. So watch out for that. And then um, we find out that apparently security to get on to spaceships and cowboy bebop is like the same as security to get on an airplane in the 90s oh because he has like there's like all these people with guns of guns so many yeah so many guns um so like for me my entire life like you can't even bring a water bottle onto an airplane but these people yeah, have scissors guns and hand cream <laughs> exactly this is um, a post uh 9-11 never happened in this uh yes version yeah. of the world it's so. very obvious that 9-11 security has not happened yet which is baffling right. truly yeah. baffling but go I ahead know. please <laughs> um so then of course there's a hijacking um and once again we you know, it's been a theme thus far that there is, of course, a person of color involved in this hijacking, um, which we don't love. But I feel like we need to continue to mention because that's something that is important to notice um, that. And then Scott, Spike and Faye save everyone from these hijackers. They Spike pretends like he's like accidentally pushing them over and stuff. But I think he's doing it on purpose. And then um, <laughs> when they get off the plane, we come on this person trying to send a package to the middle of the desert. Um, he's very upset about how much it's going to cost, but then he notices Spike and asks him to be his master to teach him how to fight. And then um, Spike says he's fresh out of mercy and compassion, and he walks away. Um, but somehow he catches him again. And then apparently being on Venus gives you a helium voice. Um, so Spike talks like that for a while, but it does go away. So I don't know about the science of that, whether you get used to it. Wasn't it like he threw a launch in this? Like, Yeah. he was, Oh, he was like, here, take this. It'll help you with the helium voice. And then it was just a regular yep, lozenge. He was, like, he was like, yeah, it's a cough drop sucker. Yeah. <laughs> And then, oh, and then we see some guys from the Matrix coming out of an elevator. <laughs> um, and then Spike, oh, and then the guy gives him the package. He's like, here, takes it. And Spike breaks every airport rule about, like, taking mysterious packages from strangers <laughs> and just walks away with it. And apparently it's a very dangerous and expensive plant. 
There's floating gardens above a desert on Venus. So that we find out this guy's name is Rocco and his sister is blind because of the spores. She's allergic to Venus. Venus sickness. I like, mm-hmm. I, I, Venus really, sickness. I really appreciated the naming of the disease. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what you're getting. <laughs> um, and so him, Spike and Rocco's sister, we kind of become friends. Um, I don't really remember why Spike went out there to see her. But Spike's a good guy in his soul. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Even though he does say oh. he he's afraid he lost something. Well, and it's part of the bounty because they were like. Um, oh, they were looking for. Because Rocco's part of the bounty with the other dude because it was like a whole posse. Oh, I didn't realize Rocco was part of that bounty. Yeah. I miss things. Um, And then there's another shootout where Spike only has a handgun and everybody else has all these guns. And he's just like kind of not afraid, apparently. Faye saves him again, kind of. Rocco, <laughs> and then Rocco gets shot through the chest and dies, which I did not like. Um, <laughs> and then Spike promises to take care of Stella, and then he has to go tell her that her brother is dead. So it's like her eyes are fixed, but her brother yep. is dead. There you go. That, that's my recap. Her, her eyes are fixed, and her life is ruined. Honestly, yeah. that's a really good recap. Thank you. Yeah, it's like a kind of like a run-on sentence, but um. <laughs> That's that was my experience of the episode. <laughs> That's totally fair. Um, overall, this is—I hate to say that it's one of my least. Oh, but like, because there was some really good elements, you know. There's like yeah. the the foolish child that Spike took under his wing. You know, you find out the tragic backstory he has, and then Spike tries to do everything in his power to help out. But like, this kid has got himself messed up with the wrong people. So at the very end, there's still consequences to his bad actions because. Um, you know, and then the tragic ending of like, oh, she can finally see, but she'll never see her brother. Like, mm. it's got a lot of feels, but I just, yeah. it didn't do much for me. That's interesting. I'm, I'm like on the complete opposite end. I love this episode. Ah. I thought it was. Um, the fight scene maybe wasn't long enough for you. B. Honestly, and they were just so sporadic, you know, I yeah. needed more violence. Yeah, I feel of that. Course. Like, <laughs> Thank you. I, <laughs> <laughs> I really appreciated, like right off the bat, I was like, "This is gonna be a good episode" because Spike is sleeping on the plane with a with a mat with an eye mask that has open eyes on it, and I'm oh, like, yeah. Yeah, "So I'm into creepy, this. <laughs> <laughs> but so good." I'm so, I'm, I'm so into this, and then that that whole like the more the more we watch Spike, the more I just love his vibe of just like he's like, "I'm here, I can I can destroy you. You guys shouldn't do this. Oh, you're doing it. Okay, I'm gonna make you look foolish." I really like that. Hands and pockets. It's that yeah. casual oh, vibe. It's the hallmark. It. I love it so much. It is. It's so good. The smoking in front of the no smoking sign. Yeah. Classic. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris, I want. What's what are your thoughts as the as as a cowboy bebop veteran? <laughs> That's <laughs> your title now. So, yeah. oh my god, I love that. Um, so this, I feel like this episode obviously serves a very important touch. It, it, it's like a. Uh, an opportunity for us to see how Spike operates when Spike has very little to lose, like has uh, no investment really in any of what's going on with Rocco or his sister, other than he happened to run into Rocco and Rocco somehow endeared himself to Spike, <laughs> you know, somehow. in front of this airport where they're like practicing <laughs> uh, these martial uh, like fight moves. And he's trying to explain to him that you have to be fluid like water, like, 
I think that that there's a lot of insight into Spike in this episode, despite the fact that so little is really about him. And I feel like that's why people don't like this episode as much is because it's not really about Spike is our favorite. Like people Always. have, you know, whatever. We love Faye. We love Edward. But like Spike is the, the whole deal. I mean, speak for yourself. What about Ayn? <laughs> okay. Well, he got yes. food this episode. Can we he just like it. round yeah, of applause for Ayn finally eating something other than bean sprouts? <laughs> I know. But Sorry, yeah. Chris. I apologize for interrupting. No, you're saying, fine. Forget about the corgi. I would never forget about the corgi. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I just think that it, it feels a little slow because it's not really s- a lot of the narrative is yeah. not central to what the main story is about. But I feel like it does give you a lot of information about, you know, I don't know. I, I don't want to go too deep, too hard, too fast, but like Do this it. is the time and place for it. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, I would say since you're like eight nine episodes in at this point like there's obviously this theme right of spike is like not here nor is he there he's he's like not tethered to this world right Mm -hmm. but he is because he's physically part of it he has to react as as any living person would to normal stimuli so it's a very interesting character study i think of spike even though the story is not about him that's a very interesting like way to frame it because like i've been trying to figure out what the show is about we i mean we all kind of have been trying to figure out what the show is about at this point because we've had the the fifth episode is like oh my gosh there's so much about spike there's so much about the story this character is really deep Mm -hmm. and has gone through like some shit and then the rest of it is just like and it's also just these these folks in a spaceship being really bad bounty hunters. Like, what's... <laughs> yeah, I felt like the whole show is very kind of disjointed, like, as a theme. It's just, like, they're, they're separate episodes that don't really have anything to do with each other. And we kind of get these small insights into who the main characters are besides that one episode where we got all that backstory. But I love that, like, he's neither here nor there. That's totally Spike. Like, it's just, like... Like you said, I have to deal with what's happening in front of me, but it's not really, it doesn't feel like it's really happening to me. I'm just like reacting mm-hmm. and. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like he exists in this dissociative state. Yeah, that's it's dissociation at its finest. It, yeah. I mean, at, at its height, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Which, which I mean, when you think about, I guess, tying back to the, the little bit we know of his backstory, yes. that actually, that fits really well and makes mm-hmm. sense that he's like, whatever, whatever all that shit was that he lost. He's just like, well, I guess I'm still here. He yeah. felt a lot and was hurt a lot. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what is the best way to cope with that? But yeah. <laughs> Interesting. I, I did think a really important point was I wrote in my notes, they did a bounty. Um, yeah, they, yeah. they successfully <laughs> got paid. <laughs> For the first, the first time. Yeah. It was a big deal. And their cute little like payout to Faye. And then she just goes and, you know, cashes it at the casino. I know. <laughs> I love the dialogue. They're like, oh, you're going to deposit it at the casino. She's like, it's more fun than the bank. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I guess. I guess. How can you argue with that? Yeah, you <laughs> cannot. You cannot. <laughs> and then I also loved the dynamic of Jet, who like has been... I feel like kind of like apathetic towards Ayn then is like, okay, we got you some real food, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Finally. Finally. The big guy who has a secret soft spot for his, for his furry friend. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Live and die for that. Someone has to. Yes. Mm -hmm. Really. Because it's not going to be Spike or Faye. (laughs) Uh-uh. uh-uh. <laughs> At all. I still think back to the episode where Faye ate the last can of his, like, of Ayn's dog food. Oh, yeah. She's 
brutal. A monster. <laughs> he was watching. <laughs> she's like, she's like, she's like, what do you want from me? I <laughs> like, obviously, I want that food that it belongs to me. It has a picture of a dog on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, were there like, was there a favorite moment that everybody had in this episode that really stood out to you? That kind of, if you were to retell a single part of this episode, what would it be? I really liked. I really liked when Roko died. Um, Same pass. Metal. <laughs> like, like, and and then the scene following with 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 Spike trying to be human for Roko's sister. Yeah. And like, mm-hmm. I like he barely says anything in that whole scene. Mm-hmm. And she still, I mean, and they and they talk about how she sees a lot more because she's been blind her whole life, and um, I thought that was a that was that made that character unique. But that she still picked up on everything that he was like, not because he was exuding, even in the animation and the body language they 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 gave him, like he was exuding like remorse and like you could tell he wished he could have changed what happened, mm-hmm. even though even though in the whole episode he was acting very apathetic towards it, and I I, I really liked that that piece. Yeah, I really liked the scene in the airport where Roko's trying to convince him to become his master. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was um, so silly. I just think it's, like, really cute and persistent of him um, to, like, want to learn those skills so bad. And, you know, he, like, when Spike got in the elevator, he, like, ran up the stairs or down the stairs to catch him. And, um, and then I really cannot get over that, like, taking a mysterious package from a stranger at the airport <laughs> feeling. I was just, like... It's just so funny to see, you know, this show that was made before all these rules that we all know. Right. Every time you're in the airport, there's an announcement saying, like, do not take a strange package from someone you don't know. Um, And then here's Spike just, like, doing whatever he wants. Mm -hmm. Which I know they were outside the airport, but it still feels like a (laughs) no-no. I actually... This is going to be a side tangent, and you can take this out if you want to. I just remembered that I was reading George Takei's. He did like a, um, like a comic biography. Oh, I and I just learned where that phrase "no no" came from. So I actually don't love that I used it. I just learned this a couple days ago, though. It's because the Japanese in internment camps were given like these surveys, and basically what they like a couple of the questions at the bottom were like, are you willing to renounce basically your Japanese heritage and become like only loyal to America? And they had to say yes or no. Mm -hmm. And then are you willing to join the armed forces and fight for the United States? And they had to say yes or no. And anyone who circled no to both of those questions became a no, no. And that was like, huh? And then basically those people were taken to even more terrible internment camps and like even more terrible things happened to them because they basically said, I live here and I love this country, but I am Japanese. And I, Mm -hmm. so anyway, sorry that you can take out of the show. But as soon as I said that, I realized like, I didn't know that that's where that came from until like two weeks ago when I read this biography and I wish I hadn't said that. So there you go. Yeah. Because it's not. We're anyway, we're absolutely going to lose that. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I've never heard that, that before. So, and we, I mean, we've talked a lot about different things, even in this show, that were like, in the '90s, everyone thought that. I mean, you mentioned it, like people of color as as the villains. bad guys, right? As the villains trope, um, and even like I noticed, I noticed that like the uh, woman 
she also had an accent. So we threw that in there as, mm -hmm. as something that has been consistent in this show. And that was just normalized. And so like things like that get yeah, normalized. So we normalized this, like these people that we called no-nos because they wouldn't basically say I'm not Japanese anymore. Huh. And now we use that word as like something really bad. And I think that. Interesting. I think it should have been okay that they wouldn't renounce their Japanese heritage. So anyway. Oh, thank you for sharing. I'm not going to use that <laughs> phrase anymore. I apologize for using it. Um, okay. But what I was trying to say is I also really liked Roko's sister. Mm -hmm. Kind of the way they portrayed her as being like, I mean, yeah, it would be nice to see. But look at all of these other things that are so great about how I live and how I interact with the world. And I just feel like it wasn't this thing for her where it was like this thing that's different about me is something that I can't wait to change and I need to do everything. Her brother really wanted to fix it for her. And at the end, she was excited. But right. I did like how it kind of was like, no, I live this amazing and full life and I see more than other people see. And um, like it adds value, even though most people would see it as something that doesn't. So I, I, I kind of liked that. I thought that was kind of a positive mm -hmm. spin on, yeah. Oh, I love that. That is a really good hey, take. Hey, sorry about my soapbox, everyone. Ah! <laughs> no, 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 you're fine. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for your contributions. <laughs> uh, Chris, what about you? Was there any particular moment, any favorite scene? I mean, you did express like your uh, kind of the vibe that Spike gave off in this episode. And I really, really enjoyed that. But anything that really stood out to you? Um, I would say I, I have a lot of favorite moments. I think something that I really like about this particular episode is something the series does well overall, um, is telling a story without like telling the story. So we don't frequently get a lot of exposition or lore mm -hmm. dumps like we from time to time, you know, whatever. But, um, I think my favorite uh, facet or like characteristic of this episode is that it's one of those episodes that tells the story without really telling anything about the story that we tuned in to see. And I also really like the attention to detail um, that you see in a lot of these scenes. So like, for example, something that I really like is towards the end, kind of the scene that, that Steven's describing and, and we see that Spike is really struggling to connect with Stella in this moment because like this is obviously somebody who you know if we're comparing the two characters side by side she's obviously like the lamb right she's yeah. she's soft she's innocent uh she's very very sweet and Spike is not mm -hmm. any of those things <laughs> um and I think it's fascinating that like there's a moment where Spike isn't saying anything and she reaches out to touch his face and that's how she confirms what he's feeling. And it's something yeah. that, like, if you think about it, obviously someone who has not been able to see things with their eyes in their entire life is going to lean on a lot of other things to help them understand what's happening in the world around them. So I really love this moment where she reaches out and must feel under her fingertips this, like, stony, locked jaw. So I feel mm -hmm. like I, you pick up on that without, like, they don't harden Spike's expression any further. They don't really make her explain what she's doing she just i don't know there's something very natural about the way that all went down so I, I don't know i really enjoyed a lot of it i also like that we lose roko because that's what this is about like cowboy bebop is about loss and you know mm -hmm. yeah 
I think it's, there's like a loss of innocence that it's interesting to see our main characters react to because they've lost theirs so long ago. So to watch them watching other people go through it is fascinating. I really love that. Yeah, this element of like Roko's very, seems very innocent and just like, I'm just trying to make it in this world. I'm just trying to help my sister. Mm -hmm. And then he's gone. I think that's why, that's my reaction of, and it was so fast. It, it, it just happened like that. And I was like, no. Yeah. It, it can't be too late. Oh, and then, and then when he's like, when Spike runs up to him and he's, and he's telling him to like, Spike's like, like, don't die. And he's like, he's like, did you see it? I was like water. Yeah. yeah. Come on. Do you think if oh we would have met sooner, we would have been friends? That line That kills was the me. one that killed me. Kills me. Every time. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like, so bad. yeah, they probably would have been friends, but like, oh, it's too late yeah. now. Yeah. I, so, so I have, I have a question for you, Chris, um, as someone who is, you very obviously like really enjoy this show. You've thought a lot about it and stuff for, for people like us who have not watched it as we go into like kind of the next, this next stretch of episodes, is there a piece of advice you'd give to someone watching, watching this show for the first time? Like what, what they should be expecting or looking out for, or, or, or does that, does that question make sense? I think so. Um, I think that the only two things I would say is if you're really, if you're watching it for the first time, one, just experience it. There's, <laughs> there, this show is very complex. And the reason for that is that this is one of the, you know, groundbreaking animes that tells an adult human story. A lot of times, you know, when we think about anime, we think about like, you know, magic and like, wild stuff teenage heroes and like you know and that's those are really fun too but this is a very very different genre and i think that the best way to experience it is to just let let it happen that sounds really weird but just like let it happen to you (laughs) (laughs) appreciate it for what it is let it wash over you like water yeah like don't exactly don't try to overanalyze it in each moment but it is I think you get a lot out of reflecting after you've seen a few at a time because then you're starting to see the themes and put things together. If you try to overanalyze each piece of it, you're going to be like banging your head against the wall because they're very skilled at dropping everything off in pieces. So you're not going to figure it out watching just one episode. Mm. Um, The other thing I would say is self-care is so important with Cowboy Bebop. Like (laughs) there are some really dark and potentially triggering things in the show. Um, And there's such a broad scope of them. And while I think that the story is worth telling, I think it's a beautiful narrative. It is really hard to watch sometimes. And like when you experience those moments, like be present with it, but then also realize like it is just a show. It's fine to walk away and like give yourself a break from it because it can get super heavy in some moments. So I would say those are the things I would keep in mind watching. I love that. I think my first thought was like, we're trying to create content off this show. So I, I have to take notes. I can't just experience. So like, that's just going to be an interesting, like I kind of almost wish I could do that better, but because we're watching it in this context where I'm supposed to then be able to talk about it. Like that's just such an interesting, like maybe after this, we need to just go watch it and just experience it again for that feeling. Yeah. I think it would be a different experience. It will. Or maybe we should do the opposite. Maybe we should watch like maybe we should watch the episodes first and then what, what, without what I was going to say is I mean what if we try in the in the next episode what what if we just experience it and then talk about it and as opposed to as opposed to taking like 
this is a special circumstance, obviously, because you're ma- you're talking about a show you watch, right. so you need to be able to like reference names and stuff. Many. But like, mm-hmm. yeah. I know, but I think you're right. I think that yeah, for for general, like generally, if you're just out there, you're like, I kind of want to get into this show. Yeah. You know, I would say yeah, just like just watch it and see how it feels. It's also not for everybody. Like, oh yeah, Cowboy Bebop is definitely a very intense and very specific show so yeah but i understand what you're saying i mean you could give it a shot no i mean i'm just affirming like i feel like i wonder if i would enjoy it more if it was just something that i wasn't trying to figure out or have something to say about Mm -hmm. but if i could just watch it and be like oh that was weird (laughs) (laughs) that's a valid reaction (laughs) yeah it's it's written so different than N- not even like I mean I I have such such a wealth of anime knowledge, um, <laughs> <laughs> but having watched one other anime show, uh, but two but any... Pokemon counts. Oh, that's true. And I watched Yu Gi Oh when I was a kid, yeah, so it's like three. Look yeah. at you go. But even any other genre of of media, it's written in a very unique way that I think I think I've I've been struggling to fit to figure it out, and I like to figure things out, and so. Yeah, that's a good that's a good piece of advice. Is I guess what I'm saying. What about you, B? Oh, oh, heck. Uh, so if I had to pick, like, okay, so you, I'm a very simple minded person. I guess is 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 a way <laughs> to put it, uh, in the sense that my favorite moment was the very beginning, um, where you know that moment where Spike was like sleeping and then he just kicked everybody's mm-hmm. ass and it was very cool. Very cool. And then the second one is yet the other shootout where um Roko had. Um, the the flower and like uh, all those people were turning up like to kill him and then Faye comes in and shoots down these pillars not <laughs> only destroying the structural int- like, integrity of that building but potentially like crushing these people and it was just such like a terrible but wonderful move that <laughs> those are the moments that I really enjoyed just like those blatantly flagrant dis mm-hmm. um what's the word um just like destructive destructive really works <laughs> just like the lack of caring um yeah, yeah. she is extremely degaff like uh-huh <laughs> i i think in that scene i love when when she like like you have all these scenes throughout media where someone like pulls a gun on someone to to get the fight to stop she's like she's got this ship that's like that's like <laughs> dude you need to drop your little gun right now or i'm going to destroy mm-hmm. everything if i'm <laughs> but i also love how it's very similar to like the scene in the cathedral when Faye was like gonna save Spike when it was like she's coming in there like she's gonna help if she can but like she's also gonna stay in her spaceship like she's not really gonna and and then in that other scene she just like was like okay I give up bye you know so um <laughs> she's very much like I mean I'll help if I can but I'm not going to put myself out. This too is much. the episode where she's chasing down the crime boss that is after yes. Rocco. Yes. Um, and there yeah. is something huge about that montage of her chasing them down. Can we talk about that? Yeah. Yeah. Like, because that caught me by surprise. And I, like, I've seen this episode before and then rewatching it again <laughs> for the first time. So, okay, first off, let's talk about the badass moment where Faye kind of, a bunch of these men uh, pull out their guns and then she shoots their guns all out of their hands and gets the information to find the crime boss. Now, the information that she was given has her kicking down the door at this, like, I don't know, hotel, house, and it is two men fucking. 
Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. And she, yeah, she just casually walks inside and it was so natural. And I loved it because it wasn't a thing. It was just like, she's there to find out information. She's going to put a gun to your face. Doesn't matter who you are or what you're doing. Well, the show really normalizes all of it. The, yeah, like it, it's there's no shock factor or anything like that in this particular episode. Now there's other like whatever. Yeah. Yes. But <laughs> but in this particular episode, um, that's something you could never have done on American TV. They would have either cut mm-hmm. that entirely or like mm-hmm. changed one of those men into a female presenting like character to make it appropriate. I mean, so it was like very. It's a kind. It's kind of a big deal. Yeah. I mean, st- still today, I feel like that would that would, especially in in animated media, would be a big deal. It'd have to be on HBO. Uh, yes and like, no. There's a lot more BL, um, which stands for boys love content that is mm-hmm. coming out, and I want to say like maybe only in the past five years. So yeah. we're, we're making small strides. I have no idea yeah. the legality status of like gay marriage in Japan. Um, I know I there's don't know either. other countries where it's still not legal, so a lot of their media reflects it, but mm-hmm. they still try to, like, push some lines. Yeah. I'm just Googling real quick. Yeah. It does, I mean, it does kind of remind me of what we talked about in the Trucker episode as well with VT of, like... Yeah. That... <sighs> love, love her. That character was a much more gender-neutral character. Yeah. And, and it just that was. That was just was. Yeah, exactly. And it wasn't explained or, you know, it was just like, this is who, and, and eventually you find out that it seems like she's a she, but it, it wasn't like, we we need to explain this. It was just like, this is who they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I really enjoyed that. Steven, any results? Uh, I'm trying to figure out how I can sum it up quickly. Okay. There's a lot of information. <laughs> um, really quick, I wanted to just, I looked up that book that I was referencing. It's George Takei's, like, it's a graphic novel, but it's his biography of his childhood kind of a thing. Oh, cool. It's called, it's called They Called Us Enemy. So I wanted to, if anybody wanted to go back and look at that, um, and I guess, you know, it is about Japanese history, so it's kind of on brand for anime. Yeah. Um, but yeah, George Takei, They Called Us Enemy. It was really good. It was very instructive. It, I mean, I knew about the Japanese internment of Japanese Americans, um, but I learned a lot even still. Interesting. So there you go. I'll have to give it a look. So as of March 2021, uh, a district court in Sapporo ruled that the country's non-recognition of same-sex marriage is unconstitutional under the Constitution of Japan, huh. uh, though the court's ruling has no immediate legal effect. Um, there are some cities that offer symbolic partnership certificates, but they have no legal rights. Um, That's so sad. So, so I, th- I, think, I think especially understanding that in the context of this show, like I feel like really magnifies that scene even further. Mm-hmm. Yeah, damn. Well, thank you for looking that up. Interesting. Yeah. But yeah, that's a really fun sequence is, is Faye. And th- the show does this a few different times in a few different places where the characters are like sent on these split paths, but they kind of yeah. meet up somehow. And I'm like, how big I are these it. cities really though? Like, <laughs> <laughs> how did this really happen? Um, but it's a fun, it's fun. Mm-hmm. No, those are the montages that I live and die for in this series because they do it really well. Um, this one had the trope of like the the young student pestering, pestering to death. The person he wants to be trained by until eventually they give in and give some like bomb ass advice. Mm -hmm. Uh, So this hit on a lot of like classic tropes, which for what it's worth, I did enjoy. Just 
I don't know. There's so many other episodes in there this are. series that yeah. just like not only speak to me, but like scream at me. And that's that's what I need from an episode. Mm. So how many corgi butts then? Yeah. How many Chris, space instead corgi of butts? Doing, instead of doing like how many stars out of five for each episode, we give corgi butts instead. Oh, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's so. our very it's our very scientific rating rating yeah. system. Yeah. yeah. I'm mm-hmm. a, I'm gonna give this episode like I'm gonna give it how many is it out of? Is it five or ten? Out, out of five. Out of five. I'm gonna give this episode four out of five corgi butts. Mm. Okay, I like that. Uh I've got the lower rating of three. Cause it really did give me everything that I liked, but I just I needed more from it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. three space corgi butts that are just wiggling in the uh windless <laughs> air of space. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm going to go for four. I feel like I might have said three before our discussion, um, but I feel like with all the insight that we gained and just thinking back on it, um, this series has been more chaotic for me than I honestly would have enjoyed, I think. Um, and so I felt like the story was easy to follow. It was easier to watch. Um, and I... I liked the interactions between Spike and his little friend and then his sister and... Yeah, so I'm gonna go with four corgi oh, butts. Dang. Nice. Yeah, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with four also because it made me feel feels, and so <laughs> that's that's a win. Yeah, mm-hmm. always. Um, and I and I and I do think to echo what Kelsey just said, almost every episode as we've talked afterwards, like I've liked it more once mm-hmm. we were done talking. I'm like, oh, I didn't see this. Oh, this makes sense. Like because I think like Chris, you were saying, it's like it's a very deep show. It's not it's not a just like turn it on and laugh for. 25 minutes and mm-hmm. and then move on with your life. It's, no. it's got a lot of layers in depth. <laughs> right. There's going to be a lot of content haunting you if you don't really try to suss it out or figure it <laughs> <Yes>. out. <laughs> I mean, I yes. the first time I saw Cowboy Bebop, I was in... When did it? It was when it was on Adult Swim way back in the day. Um, <laughs> came out in 99, like, but I, I didn't it watch it until like 2003. Like, yeah, 01 or 02, I think. Uh, I don't remember exactly, but it was way, way back when. Mm-hmm. I was much younger than I am now. Some <laughs> nameless age. Um, <laughs> but I remember watching it then. I remember watching it in co- Like, I've probably seen the series several times through, but every time I watch it, I feel like I catch something new. So it's a oh, show you that. can watch over and over, and it feels... It's like, yeah, okay, I know what's going to happen in this episode, but because you know it's going to happen, you can pay attention to the details and mm-hmm. dig into it a little deeper. So I would say, like, a first watch through, you're probably going to miss a lot. And that's okay. Yeah. That's what makes it so special to come back to. Because then you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I didn't, you know, like, whatever. I mean, even I feel as like we've that's talked prob- about it. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, like, that's <laughs> probably part of my problem is, like, I like understanding things. I like being able to just, I mean, I'm just a simple, I want to watch this show. Yeah. I want to not have questions. <laughs> so <laughs> um, that's my favorite kind of show. So I think, like, yeah, I would like to maybe go back and watch after we're done, just watch the whole thing through without really worrying about anything else and see if I enjoy it differently because there would be more of an understanding for me. Totally fair. Well, this is this one's gone a little long. Do we want to do predictions or should we just or should we just wrap it up? Um, I think we're just going to wrap it up because um the prediction I'm like so certain is right for next episode where it is the Edward one, so also, just... I'm just I'm just going to continue to predict that we're going to learn more about Ayn. Yes, yes. 
works. So uh, I'm going to predict that a Pokemon's going to show up because all of my predictions have been so wrong. So. <laughs> Watch, this is the one where we actually see, I mean, what, we saw Tom and Jerry a little bit? Oh, yeah, in the, I want to yeah, mention that. Yeah. <laughs> Except it was like a knockoff version, which I really enjoyed. In the airplane, that was like the the airplane video oh, was well, was a, yeah a knockoff version of Tom and Jerry. <laughs> I missed that. Again, these are the things you rewatch yeah. this and you'll be like, dang, I could have seen yeah. that. But now that you've talked about it, you yeah. know to look for it next time. Yeah, okay? that's my first my first note was fake Tom and Jerry. Fake Tom and Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you everybody for listening to this episode of Anime Attaché. Waltz for Venus was a unique one. Uh, so we are going to sign off with uh, some other simple predictions of uh, next episode. We're maybe going to learn about Ayn. We might see Edward and Steven's prediction is possibly a Pokemon. I have been your host, B Zelda. You can find me on Twitter is at B underscore Zelda. I am a podcaster, streamer, sometimes cosplayer, and community manager for Adventures League. Uh, Steven, where can folks find and support you? Yeah, you can find me at the underscore bad DM. I am the uh, creator and GM and producer of the Fae Forge Academy, which is a tabletop uh, D&D RPG podcast and stream. Uh, actually, B's on, a, B's on a show with with me right now yeah uh, that's happening on thursdays uh chris is also on the regular podcast uh that i dm and kelsey's a guest there sometimes so uh, <laughs> this is that's all okay uh okay great i this i'm you can find me on twitter at kelsey d garcia but honestly i actually deleted all my social media from my phone so you really won't be able to find me there but feel <laughs> free to tweet at me if you want um just just send the vibes out into the eh, universe we'll really, get, we'll get them eventually space yeah yeah steven updates me if Good. people talk about me on twitter okay um and yeah sometimes on Fayforge forge mostly anime attache and uh making spreadsheets in the real world that's mostly what i do Oh, and finally, Chris. our illustrious guest, Chris, where can we find and support you? Uh, well, yeah, I am on Twitter at Kiss of Hemlock. I am uh, a TTRPG actual play podcaster and streamer. So I'm kind of all over the place. I have a lot of different, um, I don't know, what do you call it? Pans in the stove? Pokers in the fire? Whatever. I have a lot of <laughs> stuff going don't on. Don't put your hands don't put so your hands in the stove, Chris. No pans. I said pans. Like <laughs> But that's not it. That's not it either. So I didn't say any of that. Please cut all of that. Uh, <laughs> I absolutely kidding. will not. I will probably clip it and make it the teaser for this next episode. I <laughs> love my life. Okay. Um but yeah, I'm kind of all over. Um so yeah, just follow me on Twitter and we can be friends and tell jokes and whatever. Well, thank you, everybody, and thank you, students, for coming to class for this session. I think we learned a lot, talked about a lot, and until next time, this has been Anime Attaché, and we'll see you later. Kelsey, sing us out. What? Your clap is like half a second behind ours every single time we do this. It's because I'm farther north.
uh, yeah. on the world. It's because what? of time travel. <laughs> yeah. 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 Chris, Definitely. Chris, it's science and you couldn't understand. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This is above your head. Oh, my goodness. You're probably right. It's, it's Cana- Canadian clapping time. It's, yeah. it's oh, a little different than American gotcha. time. Yeah, the conversion so even though really I complicated. Yeah. <laughs> oh, heck. All right. 